We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugge with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. I am Megan Weiskup with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. So from time to time, we like to reference back to previous episodes uh, this may be the time that you want to hit pause and then back up to the episode called Sophia, mentor, college student, and co-host. That was way, way back in August of 2020. Seems like forever ago, um, but yet it, <laughs> maybe it doesn't for, for our guests or for Rachel and I. Like Time flies, certainly flies, but I encourage you before we get deeper into this podcast, this episode to, to either, you know, hit pause now, go back and listen to that one, or when you're done listening to this episode to, to do that. Reason why I say that is because our guest, Sophia Gobber, a lot has changed since that episode since August. Uh, she first, she graduated college. Then, you know, she, she broke it to us. She left the podcast. She was supposed to be a co-host of this thing, but she, uh, nope, she, she dropped us. And she headed to Grand Island to the Law Enforcement Academy. And that's what we're going to jump into is her experience at the Law Enforcement Academy. So this episode, we're going to just quickly re- reintroduce Sophia Um but we're going to spend most of their time on the Law Enforcement Academy and where she's going next. And Sophia, we have a lot of new listeners um, that has joined us. Well, at least, you no, know, I think our rankings tell us a lot of new listeners <laughs> are listening to us. The, the Facebook posts, the, the uh, SoundCloud is telling us that a lot more people are listening. So we're, we're excited to have you join us again. Welcome back. Thank you, Julia and Rachel. I'm really excited to be back and helping out some more. So Sophia, so good to see you again. And uh, congratulations. I, I feel like uh, I feel like it's been years since we talked last, but um, it's hard to believe it was just August. <laughs> For those of us, those of our listeners that, that don't know you, that, that haven't interacted with you and haven't heard the podcast that Julia mentioned, would you mind introducing yourself again, just so people know where you're coming from and, and your backstory a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to. So I grew up in a rural community, and my grandfather and my father taught me how to hunt, to be out in the outdoors constantly. Uh, during our summer breaks, us kids were not allowed in the house unless we were eating or it was late at night. Otherwise, we got kicked outside and the doors got locked behind us. So we were constantly outside, and from that I just became an avid hunter, loving to be outdoors, loving hiking, just being outside and enjoying what they had to offer. So in that, I became more involved with Nebraska Game and Parks, and I started to do more mentor hunts. I got hunter education certified all while I was going to university. Um, At the University of Lincoln, I was studying fisheries and wildlife with a focus of law enforcement and a minor in criminal justice. 
And while I was doing that, I was doing a bunch of volunteer work and uh, hanging out with Julia a bunch. She put up with me and allowed me to go to some different things with her. And then I kind of hopped the river and I went over and I saw Rachel and I was a hunting education specialist out with Rachel and Megan for a while this summer out in Iowa. And I was able to get hunter education certified in that portion as well. And before I graduated the university, I was able to accept a position with Nebraska Game of Parks as a conservation officer. It's so cool. Um, I know here in Iowa, we're pretty lucky. We have a, a few different female officers and have had multiple female officers. So um, I know we'll get into that, but one other thing I wanted to, to note to our listeners that, that Sophie is also a twin, which I think is so cool. And so as we've gotten to know her, we've also gotten to hear some of the travels and adventures of her sister too. So it's, it's been fun listening and kind of reminiscing to college years and, and maybe a life with less responsibility and, and more wanderlust. So it's been fun listening. We're so happy to have you back. And with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Julia to keep, keep grilling you. When she walked into the, uh, the recording room here that we're in, I looked at her, I'm like, she's grown up. <laughs> she's all grown up. I mean, I think we've only known each other for two or three years. And here she comes walking in with her uniform and her badge and uh, the belt full of all that gear. I'm like, she's so grown up. <laughs> like the little fletchling returned to the nest. <laughs> Good way to put it. I like it. <laughs> so I, like she said, last December, uh, before graduating college, she dropped the bomb on us that she was quitting. She goes outdoors and becoming a Nebraska conservation officer. I mean, if, if you're going to leave the, our She Goes Outdoor team, that's certainly a good reason. And, and we uh, excused that. In January, she headed to Grand Island, Nebraska for Law Enforcement Academy. Um, time certainly flew by because this month is April. She, right, April? Yes. 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 <laughs> she graduated. My, like, obviously, it's all a blur to myself. I don't even know what month we're in. Eight, this April, like this past week, she graduated. So congratulations. Honestly, I've had these dreams of being a conservation officer. And I mean, I'm not kidding here. I've, I've thought about it. And some people have told me you should be, but that's about as far as I get. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I know many of the conservation officers. I know the the hard work, the dedication, the life that you give to the pr profession, and it's certainly there. And, you know, I don't know that I could do it. I mean, it just, it, it takes a special person to do it. Tell us about the academy. Like, that was kind of the first step in your training process, right? Tell us about it. You know, what what did you do during that time frame of the academy? What How did they train you? What What's part of that? So in Nebraska, your conservation officers are responsible for your parks, your boating, your natural resources, and everything that has to do with your outdoors. That's with Nebraska and parks. Versus, I know a lot of other states are there. You are only responsible for maybe your um, boating or just the hunting seasons that go on. So Nebraska is uh, well trained and an overall experienced uh, conservation officer group. And so that way we have to actually go to the Nebraska Law Enforcement Training Center out of Grand Island. And this is where uh, your other police departments and your county officers will actually go to get trained in order to become officers. So it's 16 weeks and we have two weeks worth of firearm training, 
We have um, EVOC training, which is emergency vehicle. So they let us go really fast around a track. Have some fun with that. <laughs> and then they also, we have domestic violence uh, training, which allows us to learn about the um, regulations and the laws and the pinpoints of how to spot domestic violence and how to deal with that and how to speak to people as well as we do um, an interview lesson and we have it is very very law intensive the majority of it is based all around learning the constitution um, arrest search and seizure your Miranda rights so that is very very heavy into it and Mr. Stoltz, the professor out there, is amazing. He knows what he's talking about, and he really knows how to push us and make us the best of the best. So we have a lot of different things going on during those 16 weeks. And it just ranges from um, little things such as shooting, driving. Um, we have mock court appearances and a bunch of other things that will prepare you to become a law enforcement officer. And then after that, we go through the Wildlife Academy, which is what we, prepares us to be a conservation officer based on our previous experience before we get the job. Such a cool overview, Sophia. I think a lot of people don't realize that our conservation officers are sworn peace officers first and foremost. And then they're also trained to the level that they can also enforce game and efficient game laws. So they, they have a little bit more authority depending on, on the code and, and the, the incident. So here in Iowa, um, our conservation officers also enforce the same laws that you were just talking about. And Megan's kind of alluded to some of the different things that she's done in the past on that side of things. But yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. I didn't realize when I first got into the position here at the department, the the training that you have to go to, and then the additional training on top of it. It's, it's pretty remarkable. I have, so I just went through 16 weeks of the Law Enforcement Academy, so from January to April, and now we have to go through another 15 to 16 weeks worth of our Wildlife Academy and our field training officer. So I won't be out on my own until September, which I am really happy that Nebraska actually goes through this intensive, extensive uh, training to prepare us to make sure that we are prepared to be out on our own and that they're just not going to throw us out to the wolves. Wolves? Speaking <laughs> of wolves, no, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, we won't go there. And I think that's a good point because unlike many police officers or county sheriffs or deputies, this conservation officer world is spread out, right? So you might have a county, you have a territory, you have an area, and you might be the only officer in that jurisdiction um, that's wearing your particular badge and your uniform. So it, it, is, it is kind of an important thing to know that you support all these other offices and vice versa. If you're working on something, they come in and help also. So it's kind of one big team. But as far as conservation officer world, you're often the only, the lone wolf, if you will. I'll, I'll turn that pun around. You're often the lone wolf focusing on fishing game incidents. And on top of that, the educational piece of it too. You know, so many of our law enforcement officers are out there in the field or in the classrooms teaching home education, teaching voter education, career days, and yeah, like just a large book of as assigned duties too. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And like Julia said, it's hunter education. I know a bunch of officers go to the classroom to their wildlife days and we'll speak to them. I know I teach a class during the summer that's into the wild to element. So there's a lot of things that goes on 
that's not just out in the field, but yet it's helping to um, make our hunters and anglers safer in the environment, allowing them to have all, all the resources that is necessary for them to have the best uh, time and be able to catch and hunt the best that they can. That's a, such a good point that that in addition to enforcing the laws, you're also out there educating because that's kind of the first step. If take away the unaware part and here's the education, now you make the choice to follow the law or to break the law. And here in Iowa, we do require a conservation officer to be at every hunter education class. They are the ones doing a law's presentation. So it allows that one-on-one interaction with new hunters that are looking to get in the field to really understand the role of a conservation officer, that they're there to to aid and assist them and also enforce the law. Rachel, off the top of your head, how many conservation officers do you have in Iowa? Um, we range from about 76 to 80. So it kind of depends on retirements and hirings and, and shifting coverage. But yeah, uh, I'd say about 80. I'm pretty sure Nebraska is a, a less. Agency has been a remarkable job of adding the feet on the ground out there and increasing our presence across the state. It's certainly a, a job that our agency sees as a need in, in adding up. It's pretty crazy because this our two states are pretty close in size. I think Iowa is about 56,000 square miles. Nebraska is 77,000 square miles. So territory-wise, pretty similar. And And to think that there's only 80 or only 50 people out there. It's, it's, it's a lot of land for a few people. So do rely a lot on tips and hunters and anglers in the field saying, hey, this doesn't look right. I think something's going on here. It's so a we are reliant on the public. If something doesn't look right, doesn't seem right to say something. You're exactly right. Okay. So Sophie, uh, you mentioned that you went to, to law enforcement academy with deputies, police department folks, and then obviously conservation officers. So what is, what is tell us about your graduating class. I, I saw a picture. It looked like there were a couple females in the, in the photo. Tell us about your class. At the New Mexico Law Enforcement Center, they allow 50 people for your class. And before you go in, you actually have to do a physical standard, which includes running, push-ups, sit-ups, um, a vertical, and a bunch of other things. And so we actually lost nine individuals during that um, physical training aspect. So we started off the academy with 41 students, and then slowly we began to lose some. That were, So it's a expected a 5 to 10% dropout rate for the academy class. And we did have three people that um, one had left and a couple had failed out and one just couldn't take uh, the stress anymore of it all until they actually left. So there was 38 that finished my academy class out of the 50. It was really neat because there was three girls. One of them will be going to UNO. They now have a police force. And then as well as Wayne. Wayne, she's up there and she's actually the first female in 20 years to be going to their police department. So she's pretty proud of that as well. So, and then there was me. So there's three girls total that graduated from the academy and the academy, it ventured from Cherry County, which is Western Nebraska to Fremont PD, um, as well as a university was there. Uh, Gordon was there. So there's a lot, it was a very wide range of people that came through the academy. It was really neat. Were there any other conservation officers with you? Yes, there was a total of five of us conservation officers. 
Um, and you guys, have be, you will be seeing a lot more of them because I know a lot of them, they're ready to get out there. They're ready to get in the public's eye and start educating the public. So I promise you, you will be seeing us five a lot more here <laughs> coming soon. I just love that. That's like five new, that's 10 new feet out there in the field. Um, and that's an addition to the adding to the fields. That's on top of what we already have there. Not necessarily filling holes, but that's an addition to so Again, that, that's great to see those faces out there. So I'm going to brag on Sophia a little bit more. So to my knowledge, there's only been fourth in the state. You are now one of only two female conservation officers in Nebraska. Uh, one is, is already located here in Lancaster County in Lincoln. And then you said you're going to be headed out to Imperial. So if you're not familiar with Nebraska, basically on the other side of the state, due straight west. As far back as I know, Sophia, she wanted to be a conservation officer. Um, so what made you wanted to be, you know, a CO? And, you know, so many people even hear you as a game warden. And maybe that when you were a child thinking of this, did you wanted to be a game warden. What, when did you start thinking, this is what I want to do when I grow up? So it wasn't until... Uh, high school, I actually realized that a game warden and a conservation officer are the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. I, so it was when I grew up, I was like, I want to work outdoors. I want to love what I'm doing. Um, I don't know how to do that. And so I wanted to be a biologist for the longest time. And then I got involved with um, conservation officers and I started to see them. And I was like, oh, that's so neat. I want to do that. And so I actually met up with, he's retired now, but Levi, Krause, he was an amazing district supervisor out here on the east side of the state. And I met up with him in a gas station to talk about, I want to interview him for my high school English paper about what I wanted to do. <laughs> so I even asked him, what is the difference between a game warden and a conservation officer? Because <laughs> I had no idea. And he just laughed at me and he told me, oh, they're the same thing. We prefer to be called conservation officers. He went through and just sitting there talking to him was so helpful and understanding the career and what I need to do to better prepare myself for this career, for this lifestyle. He actually got me involved in a lot of um, officer mentor hunts that I was able to go help him with and be the female aspect of that. So that was really interesting to get out there with them. I honestly, when I was hunting, I never really came across a conservation officer versus unless I was working it. And then I was with them. So that was really interesting to me to see that there wasn't a lot of conservation officers out there. So I wanted to be able to be one to be out there and show the public that, hey, we're here. We are not scary. We want to help you. If you want to go hunting, let us know. And I would love to point you in the direction of someone or point you or even come out and hang out with me and I'll take you hunting. So I wanted to be that for someone. I also, I always wanted to be the voice for our natural resources because I mean, a fish can't tell you, hey, you're over bagging, you're eliminating my population. First, I can, I can do that. I can educate them on how or why that them over bagging is allowing for the species to be eliminated or for the deer population to be decreasing and such on like that. So that was a really big determining factor is the education, the being outdoors and really just talking to people and taking them hunting and seeing their face light up when they get their first bird or their first deer. It's just amazing to be able to do that. And I got to know, so did uh, Levi tell you to always have Diet Coke or Coke in your cooler when you're, was that part of the, to be a CO, you have to have all this pop in your, the cooler? No, he didn't, but I'm going to be Mountain Dew. So. Oh, okay. okay. If anyone's looking for some Mountain Dew, feel free to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him telling me something about, I had to give up 
Coca-Cola. He was drinking too much Coca-Cola. <laughs> but then every time I seen him in his last years of being in the field, he's like, hey, need a Diet Coke? <laughs> so, hey, whatever. <laughs> he's a great guy. He is. He definitely is. And a great, um, was a great mentor to you. And, you know, you you also did some other shadowing experiences uh, with some other uh, conservation officers and maybe um, tell us, you know, did that experience continue to grow? Did there was some hesitation ever when you were doing that? Yeah, <laughs> you so can go a little negative on this. Come <laughs> on. So when I was at the university, you had to do an internship in order to graduate. That first year, I had gotten an internship with um, Nebraska Animal Parks Officer Dudley Swanson, and he it was brand new. I think I believe I was the second person to go through his. Um, internship and I wanted to do 80 hours with Officer Dudley Swanson because I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world <laughs> and I could go hang out with a conservation officer and get college credit for it. So I did that and he took me around, showed me so many things. Uh, he honestly being with him every day made me even more excited to pursue this career, just seeing him talk to the public, seeing how he went about himself and how he interacted with them. A bunch of different things of that, being able to really think about how he critically thought about different cases or when we would pull up to a park or pull up to a um, piece of property. He, we could sit there and he could point out these individual things to me that I was like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have thought of that. So it was really neat to be able to go with him and go through all these different elements of learning how to look at things differently through an officer's perspective. Sophia, I think you bring up such an interesting perspective um, that's often overlooked. The idea that, hey, I think I want to get into this. I want to try this. Can I follow you? Can I share a day with you? Can I job shadow you? I, I, I think in a different, in addition to careers, you know, if you want to get into a new activity, Hey, looks like you really enjoy hunting. Can I come with you? Can I sit in the blind with you? You're a successful fisherman. I need to learn. Can I come watch you? Can you teach me? Um, just not being afraid to ask, I think, is such an important thing that we all can learn from you. That if this, if that new thing is something you really want to try, step out of your comfort zone and ask and see. And and I. I, every time I kind of, I listen to you talk about getting into your new role, I'm reminded that and challenged to say, okay, you want to learn this thing, step out and ask somebody for help. Uh, it's such a cool thing that we all can learn from you. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, kind of like with pheasant hunting, I know I tell individuals that if you're going trying to go pheasant hunting and you don't have a dog and you see someone on the side of the road that has a dog, don't be afraid to go ask them. I know if a group came up to me and asked if they asked if they could hunt underneath my dog, I would be more than happy to let them hunt under her. So don't be afraid to get out there and ask them. Um, I know with, I heard a story up in Omaha with Officer um, Rich. He actually took, some, took an individual out turkey hunting because he had went and he bought all these things and he wanted to go so bad. But yeah, he didn't have anyone to go with or he didn't really know how to go. So Officer um, Bergman were able to go out there and take him out. Okay, on the opposite side of that, um, we've had, you know, when you go back to that original episode, talking about Sophia being a mentor herself, we have a couple of young ladies in the state that asked Sophia to take them hunting. Um, and now they have become, because of that one-time experience in the field, squirrel hunting with Sophia now she has progressed forward and has hunt her own deer so 
you know, kudos to Sophia because both she's the mentor and the mentee to take her on to where she's become now. All right. So you've graduated from Law Enforcement Academy. You mentioned that you're heading into Wildlife Academy. What's next? You mentioned that it's kind of 16 weeks. What does it look like um, for those of us that aren't in that world and don't know all the training that you have to go through? What's uh, what's next before you can actually get out to Imperial by yourself? So the Wildlife Academy is five weeks long, and that goes through boating, um, wildlife, uh, parks and rec, waterfowl, your migration, and so much more. And each week is dedicated to a specific thing. And we actually go somewhere in the state that is most plentiful of that item and of that officer that's able to teach us the best of these. So we go through, we take tests, we learn the regulations. Uh, we actually go through scenario days where we run through, we interview people um, and try to figure out what they want us to get from. And the officers critique us on what we need to do better or what we should have done differently. And so it's really interesting to be able to work with other conservation officers hands-on with that aspect, as well as getting out on the boat, making sure that we know um, how to operate the boat and a bunch of different things. So we have that during our Wildlife Academy portion. And then after that, we have our FTO, which is your field training officer. And that starts in a Memorial Day weekend, and that will go until September. And that is every weekend is a different county of the state. So you're traveling all over um, like Memorial Day weekend, I will be at Johnson Lake, and then it goes um, Ogallala, North Platte, Ord. There's a bunch of different places that I will be. And the other, the other five officers that are with me as well, they'll be doing the same thing, but they will be with other officers within the state, um, working, just kind of challenging their inner conservation officer viewpoints and learning from the best that we have here, kind of picking up some tips and tricks and allowing it them to critique us so we know how to do something better. When I was going through the teaching college, when I was student teaching, they, you know, I think it's maybe similar experience that you're about to experience where they sent, they knew my personality, they knew my strengths, they knew my weaknesses. So they set you up with in a school that basically in it, that would hook you up with somebody completely opposite of a program that you're familiar with. Um, perhaps they're doing the same thing with you where they're going to match you with someone that would help you better possible areas that you're weak in. Or, uh, you know, the, the counties that Sophia listed, if you're not familiar with Nebraska, like literally there is, that's different territory. I mean, that is different lands. It's different species. It's different water. It's like different human beings even that are in some of those counties. We'll just put it the I said it, not her. And so, you know, she's going to get a diversity. And that was kind of the same thing with, you know, student teaching where they're going to put you somewhere where you can better yourself for the future. And would you agree or what do you think that are? Yeah, I would completely agree with that. So the thing I probably most lack in is my fisheries. And so that's something that I have been trying to improve myself on a lot more. So I'm very excited to be out at the lakes because that means that I'm going to have to be um, learning more fishes than I would that I previously know state and I my FTO program will not be on the east side of the state I'm only on the west side so that's really encouraging that they know that I already know the east so they're going to stick me and leave me on the west side to be learning a lot more from different officers here in Iowa and I'm sure Kansas also do very similar thing for your 
after you're hired, you go through the academy and then you you do your field training. So you're actually with an officer doing ride alongs, really learning from an officer um, and you're switching around. So you see different personalities, you see different ways of interacting, you see different takes on how they handle similar situations and all so that you can figure out what works for you, what's going to to work for your career and how you want to to handle different scenarios, situations, and and once you really get into your territory. So it's a what a great way to learn the job. Not only are you you're there living, breathing it, literally traveling across the state, discovering hidden gems and overlooked things um, throughout your state, but also learning while you're doing it. It's such a, a wonderful opportunity. I think Chase County definitely is very lucky to be having her head their direction. All right. So a lot of young females uh, or old like me um, just see you as their role model. You know, being the one of the first females in this profession, you know, what encouraging messages do you have to other females that perhaps want to pursue a, the conservation field? Um, something I might want to say to them is to be able to, don't be afraid to ask questions at all. Don't be afraid to get out there and ask other females, hey, how did you do this? Hey, would you take me for this? I know there's a lot of Facebook group chats out there, such as ours, She Goes Outdoors, um, as well as things like Female Waterfowl Federation, or there's a bunch of different things that you could be a, come a part of that will, they put up different hunts, they set up different things for you to come and meet, or She Goes Outdoors has their... Um, boxes that they put out and then they do a zoom conference call where everyone can meet each other and talk as well as the pheasants forever has women on the wing and i know they do a lot of different things events where you can get together you can meet other women and you can exchange phone numbers if you want and go out and go hunting with them don't be afraid to get out there and pursue what you want don't let a male-dominated field stop you from pursuing who you are and what you want to do with your life don't be afraid of that at all as well as just getting out there and enjoying yourself. It shouldn't be a chore to get out there and try to do different things. Just make sure you get out there as well as having a vast experience over some different things. And don't be afraid to ask me any questions either. I'm always willing to help out another female get into this career or to get into the natural resource field. I think it's really great to have all these women. Sophia did have her background in hunting in the outdoors. Like she said, to wrap up to the beginning, she was locked outdoors. <laughs> Sometimes we have to be cautious of saying that. Like, yeah, my mom locked me outdoors. Like, I lock my kids outdoors. And, and I'm going to see them. Maybe someday they'll be a conservation officer because I'm going to lock the door on them. No, I'm just kidding. You know, but not really. You know, like she spent a lot of time outdoors and she learned how to hunt and she did a lot of camping and hiking and whatnot. But, you know, even if you're wanting to pursue this field and don't have those experiences hunting, don't let that hold you back. You know, certainly we have conservation officers that um, were perhaps just in the law enforcement field and they have completely gained that knowledge as an adult, the wildlife field. So this sounds like an interesting uh, career field for you. Uh, certainly you can always build on the point. You know, did we, is there anything else that you want to share with us? You know, as, I don't know if we'll be able to get you in this seat again. It sounds like you're going to be across the state. <laughs> we may not catch you again. We have to go to Imperial or chase down her truck with a different pair of lights on or something. But, you know, is there anything now that we have probably for the last time 
in this chair that you want to share with us? Again, just don't be afraid to reach out to your conservation officers. They're great guys and gals, and we're not afraid to talk to you. Or and to- she's not right. I mean, they, many of them are not afraid to talk at all. They'll talk. They talk. They love to talk. They would love to have a conversation with you. <laughs> I say that in a, in a positive way. <laughs> yes, we're not afraid to talk to you. Uh, we're not these big, scary people at all. We're here for you. We're here to help you and educate you. So don't be afraid to stop there or call them. Or if you see them in the field, just go start talking to them. They'll talk to you. And uh, maybe they have something, an advice about the fishing lure that you're using or how to better approach a pheasant field. So just go talk to them. Also, even if you're not getting involved in the conservation officer field, don't be afraid to just get out there, be outdoors, and enjoy your public lands that you have in your state. Well, Sophia, always a absolute pleasure talking to you. Couldn't sum it up better that, you know, for us to encourage our listeners to get out, enjoy their public lands. The listeners of Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa are lucky. Um, the, the public lands that we do have are so well cared for, so appreciated. And thank you to all our conservation officers, park rangers out there keeping those lands safe and and healthy for us and um, for our use. I'm going to put one more plug out there. If you do see something that doesn't look right, be that first line. Pick up the phone and call your local officer. All of our states have different hotlines where you can remain anonymous. Um, Here in Iowa, it's the turn in poachers. We're always looking for anonymous tips on fish and game wildlife uh, violations. So you can remain anonymous or if you see something that just looks funky, um, pick up the phone and and reach out. They're going to appreciate the tip and you're going to make our public lands better. So with that, thank you again, Sophia, for joining us. Always a pleasure for our listeners. Please connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or the She Goes Outdoors website. That's sgooutdoors.com. We love hearing from you. We love interacting and seeing what you're doing out in the outdoors, motivating Julia, Tana, Megan, and myself to get out and uh, remember how wonderful and how lucky we are. As always, thank you for joining us, and we will see you outdoors. Outdoors.